0: Welcome to the Second is for Everyone podcast. We welcome all people, regardless of race, gender, political party, sexual orientation, or background, to learn about your Second Amendment civil rights and the many facets of firearms ownership. Welcome to episode 64 of the Second is for Everyone podcast. This episode is entitled The Poor's. Hello, Sean. This is Sean Fisher, my best friend, owner of Black Bag Resources, and the guy who runs the beeper at the Minuteman Challenge and causes people to quake in terror. What's going (laughs) on, Sean?
1: We're going to do this again this week, huh? What's that, bro? The podcast.
0: I figured, hey, I have nothing to do. We probably finish this up around midnight, and I'll wake up at 4 and go to work. (laughs) What the heck? I mean, like you
1: were here, I was here, we may as well, right? Why not? Yeah,
0: what the heck? <laughs> uh, just listened to last week's show. It was funny. <laughs> Had fun. Man. <clears throat> so uh, talk about what I did this week. One, I got to be part of the voting process, so I worked the election polls again. Uh, A whopping 3% of the populace came out and voted in the primary. Impressed. Golf clap to all of you guys that voted. And all of you guys just didn't want to bother. Man, I wish as many people voted as posted stuff about today being D-Day. Anyway, uh, let me see. I went to uh, the range this week. I took the High Point 995 again. I'll go ahead and run down what it is. Uh, it's mounted in, it's a 9 millimeter High Point carbine mounted in the Hightower Armory MBS 95 chassis. I took that to the range. Uh, for the, I actually have the Holosun HS403GL for the kids following at home. It's the Holosun red dot. It has the um, reticle like an Eotech, large circle with the dot in the middle. Um, and I also use something new actually it's not new force X design sent these, uh, grips to me before forearm grips, but I don't really use a forearm grip on an AR. So it was just not, it just didn't look cool. It's just not a look I could work with, but luckily with this chassis system, I could actually put the forearm on this and it has a built-in gas pedal, a ledge that I can put my thumb on and actually put forward pressure down on, you know, my thumb. Just just punch out and give that resistance, and I'm able to run this car being really fast. I posted up the video. I mean, fast for me, and fast enough not to get yelled at by Johnny at range 14 when I'm shooting and <laughs> <laughs> still be accurate. So I don't know if no
1: here. Please step away from the double.
0: <laughs> Johnny, hey Johnny knows his job, man. Um, did I tell you? So while I'm at the range. Range 14 only goes to 200 yards on the rifle side. Some guys a couple of tables over had some, what was it? Uh, I think he said 13 by 13 plates out at 200, 13 inch by 13 inch, he said. Weird measurement. Anyway, I was using this carbine and I was hitting their plate consistently. And it was funny because I was only trying to do it when someone else was shooting so they couldn't figure out it was me. But I was hitting it so much, it was just fun. (laughs) And the guys were like, hey, that guy over there shooting our plate. And I was like, hi, my name's Tony. I'm shooting your plate. (laughs) I'm just checking this rifle out. And when they saw the bullpup, they were like, whoa, what is that? I told them what it was. And I was like, and you're welcome to come over and fire it as much as you want. Yo, they dropped the high-end AR-15s they were firing and ran right over. So, uh, yeah, at least two of them said they were thinking about getting something like this because it was just so different. So I'm not telling anybody to get anything. I'm just saying I shot the snot out of it. These people shot the snot out of it. I'll probably take it. I will take it to the Minuteman Challenge Sunday just to have it there and let people look at it and shoot it. And I'm going to have it at the diversity shoot next Friday. Anyway, that's what I did. That's what I shot. That's what I pew-pewed. What about you, Sean? What's going on?
1: I don't know. I, you know, I'm always wrapped up in other stuff and I'm like, okay, let me get all that done and we'll do the podcast. And every week I forget to like prep my brain and think about what I've done. Like it's all in my rear view. I don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like talk class, concealed, carried, you you know, yeah dry fired you know we're working on holster draw stuff at marshall guncraft we were doing that from unusual positions and you know it's it's getting into some some interesting things um and i actually had to to step back from the class and, and have a quick conversation about mike because even i went okay i just painted myself in a corner here how do i how do we do this like what so uh he and i and and we did it with the class like you sit down you work it out what's the best way to approach this Mm -hmm. and my solution was different from mike's solution and it was interesting so that was good um
0: i was actually explaining explaining i was actually explaining martial guncraft to somebody today yeah Uh, yeah it was pretty cool uh used to work with the guy and it was him and his wife and you know she's not into the firearms thing at all and what I was running through what is done there and the purpose and how it can help people even though you don't own a firearm and I ran a scenario past about um there was a New York subway shooter was it the Ferguson guy anyway New York subway shooter um Commuters jumped on him before he shot too many people or before, you know, jumped on him to stop him. I don't know what too many people, one is too many, but you know what I mean. The numbers mm-hmm. got crazy. Uh, the commuters jumped on him and they were wrestling him, and someone got his gun away, but no one on the train knew how to use a firearm. So they were still a life and death struggle as this guy was trying to get to his gun or whatever he had in his other pockets, and just everybody was throwing the gun around like it was a hot potato because they didn't know what to do with it. And I'm like, well, if you had taken Marshall Guncraft, (laughs) you might not have uh, been able to get a safety off if it had one on, if you dealt with it. I don't know if you go over different firearms types, but I know darn well you could have grabbed it and either uh, dropped a mag and, you know, know, uh, dropped the mag and taken the rounds out of it. Mm -hmm. Or pointed it at him like you were 100% competent because you had a lot of draws and a lot of trigger pulls with it, you know? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and at that point, you might be faking it, but that's that's better than,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, just having no clue.
0: Yeah, you might be faking it, but you got it locked out, pointed at him, sight picture, and you're staring at him going, go ahead, make my day. Okay, I'll stop moving now. This lady knows what she's doing. You've never shot a real gun in your life, but you can blaze the snot out of a cert pistol. Mm-hmm. Hey, and if you had an M and P or anything else that just doesn't have an external safety, uh, he might have been in real trouble. Just saying, it's just knowledge. It's just knowledge. It's
1: just knowledge. It's just familiarity. It's just you know ten thousand repetitions Mm -hmm. through guided coursework to help you be that much better. You know, and and not everybody gets to the range every week but you can take a class like that every week and get real instruction. So,
0: yeah, a real instruction, real trigger pulls, real real everything except the bang and recoil management.
1: Mm-hmm. And even that I've got techniques to help students work on recoil management. Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I, one of the things they teach in the cert course is to, um, you know, there's a couple of different ways to do it, and I know this is getting a little further down the rabbit hole, and might only be more interesting for other oh. instructors. But if you're using a dummy gun, where you're using a cert training pistol or, or a similar product, um, what the the folks from Next Level Training, who manufacture the cert, their technique is is taking a, either an empty or partially full water bottle and banging on the, the muzzle of the gun with it. Nice, right? As a, as the a student's holding on to it. And that kind of gives you the idea of like, this is what it's like when the gun's going to kick. Um, and I have no problem doing that and, and showing people like structurally with, you know, your grip, your stance, your posture, you know, all the body mechanics that go into it. Okay, how does this feel? Does this feel strong? And then I make a little tweak and then I tap it again and I go, does this feel better? You know, a, a lot of like the tuning I do with students is, is almost like an eye exam. Is this better or worse? Is this better or worse? Is this better or worse? i like, okay, so they make that adjustment, that adjustment, that adjustment, and now they're much more comfortable, you know, scoring better hits. They feel they've got better control over the gun. All that stuff comes together, and it's it's cool to see it done that way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, you whatever. I, I think it's worthwhile. I think a lot more people need to do it, including firearms owners, because you go and be in Flincherson – at the range and thinking you're doing all right, but wondering where you're going wrong because you're not hitting where you want to be. That's because you either haven't had instruction and practiced that instruction. You know what I mean? Like you haven't done the fundamentals. Either you, you've taken a class and didn't pay attention or missed something, which is fine or you just never developed the fundamentals and you just thought I bought a gun. i got bullets. I went to, I got some rounds. I went to the range and I shot bullets. Now I'm trying to figure out where I'm going wrong. Well, you have to learn where you're going wrong. And this is a really inexpensive way comparatively over the long run to do it. Because how many years have I had this cert pistol that we got? Uh, I think it was one of the first home defender classes, wasn't it?
1: Uh, it's, yeah. I'm going to say it's at least two years.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if not three, yeah, it might be three because I've been doing a lot of trigger pulling. The battery still isn't dead. I don't know when this thing goes dead, Um, (laughs) but I've been doing a lot of trigger, trigger pulling every week with this thing and it's still good to go. And that's thousands of dollars worth of real ammo I would have spent and range trips and gas and time that I can do just in the room for 10 minutes a day. And it's no big deal. Just saying it's a good thing, man. Get yourself a cert pistol, get yourself some real training and then practice with the cert pistol at home, set up your targets. Um, there's a couple of different, even Facebook groups to show you how to do this.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. My whole thing with, with the program is that it's, it's face to face, right? You can't learn karate from a book. You can't really learn to shoot from YouTube videos. There's, there's some things that that watching videos and reading books are really good for other things. It, it, you get so much more out of it having an instructor there to work with you. Like I said, I, you know, if my students were all watching videos at home and trying to do the things they do and didn't have me there or didn't have Mike there to go, okay, lean forward, put more weight on this foot, you know, adjust the, your hands this way. All those little things I think are really what, what sets it apart from just trying to fumble through it on your own.
0: 100% right. Right. All right. Uh, oh, let's go into legislation, dude. I have no good news this week, so let's just fight our way through it. All right. We'll be right back. Yes, it's
1: ugly all over.
0: Yes, sir. Have you ever gone to order something online and realize you need clarification on what product would work best for you? If you wanted to start being more prepared for life emergencies, like self-defense, medical emergencies, or preparedness, most online stores are no help whatsoever. Either they specialize in only one category, or they attempt to sell you their most expensive gear. That's why Sean started Black Bag Resources. He was determined to be better than your typical online stores. He uses the gear he sells, He can guide you to make the best gear choices for you in your price range. He's also a firearms instructor. I've deemed him the world's greatest firearms instructor in the world. (laughs) Sean wants to instruct students from the beginning shooter to students that want to develop their skills to a higher level. If you're building your first rifle, organizing your go bag, or developing your martial skills, Black Bag Resources should be on your go-to list. Visit BlackBagResources.com. Welcome back to episode 64 of the second is for everyone podcast. This one's entitled The Poors. Legislation this week. (laughs) Oh my God. All right. You know what? I don't even want to be controversial because you know me. But when President Trump says things like, I don't like suppressors, (laughs) reminds me of when he said he didn't like bump stocks. Just saying. But let's go on, not legislation that's coming down that may come down, depends on our president's mood. Let's talk about actual stuff that's happening. So I'll talk to our Nevada residents. Hey, guys, contact your governor and demand that he veto Assembly Bill 291. What's Assembly Bill 291? Oh, nothing. Just more red flag laws coming by. You know, remember guys in Nevada, how you guys sat around and did nothing, and Bloomberg and his buddies got the question put on the ballot that made certain things illegal, and then your attorney general had to save your butts because he said, this is stupid, we're not going to enforce this law. That happened because you didn't go vote and didn't make phone calls. So you can either have that happen again, or you can contact your governor and say veto Assembly Bill 291, which is red flag laws, mandatory firearm storage, and it criminalizes some firearms modifications. So as always, I tell you to go to NRAILA get that contact information and actually they can send an email for you and they can also give you all the contact information for your legislators. But this is just calling your governor. Quit being lazy, call the dude, write him a letter, and maybe you can stop this stuff from happening. I'll save New Jersey for last. (laughs) So I'll talk to you guys out in New Hampshire, man, you guys have a metric Button of stuff coming at you it's not even that many they, they do it in bursts and in New Hampshire they got a four round burst of house bills 109 514 564 and 696 and I love it because it's the same stuff that hits New Jersey it's like there's a national script going around of things they want to accomplish by taking your gunners away 109 bans private sales sounds familiar Sean Mm mm-hmm uh 514 creates a three-day waiting period hmm where have i heard that before 564 allows school districts each and every one of them to adopt their own policy on how to uh uh, to ban law-abiding citizens from bringing firearms into a school that's every one of them so if you have three kids and Whatever. I don't even know how to even do this. I don't even care. It's just you guys got to make some phone calls. And 696, guess what? Another red flag law. Hey, you guys have friends go to the range and say things like, they're not coming for your guns. But I just read it. You have two states and they're doing the same stuff. And every week I read pretty much the same four or five, Things yeah,
1: only important. two, right? There's the governor of Virginia says mm-hmm. he wants to he wants to launch an investigation about what to do, and, and of course his suggestion is to ban AR-15s, suppressors, and uh, standard capacity magazines. I don't know yeah. why AR-15s. Yeah, AR-15. I don't know why. I don't know why that's a hot button topic right now. Yeah. But I understand no AR-15 was used. Is that correct?
0: Oh, I haven't even read about it because I just know the same thing was coming down. And no, i, I right. just, The I, governor, the governor
1: here in the in the Commonwealth, of Pennsylvania, is also stating uh, his support for Mayor Peduto and his unlawful city ordinances prohibiting mm-hmm. AR-15s and all this nonsense, which has already been shot down by uh, the DA, which has already been shot down by Prince Logger. There's already lawsuits filed against mayor Peduto and the city council for even bringing that stuff to, to bear. They're, they're They are so rabid, right? It's like sharks in the water. And this is what I said back when we first talked about the bump stock ban that got them excited. It was blood in the water.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: why you can't give in on anything. That's why there can be no compromise because you give them a nibble, they want to eat your whole plate.
0: And we know I ain't having that. Um, and and it's like, okay, we if you follow us, you may have heard my speech about gun control being a 400 year old racist strategy. You've seen me holding up the signs. You've seen me post pictures of various books that I'm, I've read or reading or am reading about gun control and racism. Virginia is such a prime example. Let me see. It's a Democrat, the party of slavery, the party of Jim Crow, the party of black, the cl- black code and holding blacks back. And the governor has pit. They have pictures of the governor in a Klan robe and in blackface. And now he's again trying to disarm people. I know I have a tinfoil hat on and I'm just reading too much into the obvious. Right. <laughs> Like you just look at it and go, "Can't look here It can't be any easier, and people still refuse to see it. It's going to amaze me down the road, um because a lot of this stuff is going to pass. There's going to be fights. We're going to hopefully win some Supreme Court cases and shut this wave of b s down. But it just reminds me, you know, when Martin Luther King Jr. and and all of the civil rights leaders were marching and trying to get equal rights, there were a butt ton of blacks that you'll never hear about, know their names, or even hear from that was against that because they thought it was too radical or too much or too soon. You'll just never hear about them. So I wonder, will all our gun owners who sit down and do nothing with their thumbs up their behinds, When we win these Supreme Court cases and we get our rights back, they're going to just, you know, join us in the streets celebrating, talk about we did it. Mm -hmm. We did it. We're seeing you do anything ever. We did it. But we need you so we can do it. That's why you have to contact your legislators in places like New Hampshire and tell them to vote against this stuff. That's why you have to contact your governor in Nevada. And that's why Jersey residents actually have to contact anybody that were listening. Even if they don't listen, contact them and let them know you're not happy with them, especially this new bill about, let me see, A54-52. <laughs> oh, I read some more about this. Not only will we have to renew our firearms ID card every four years, every four years we have to take a training class too. You want to bet that training class becomes more expensive and more complicated every four years? Year 12, you have to pass a Navy SEAL, (laughs) 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 Uh, the Navy SEAL qualification course. Yeah. Or it's. Well, they they already
1: do that, right? They already do that just to get a concealed carry permit, right? It's harder to get a private concealed carry permit than it is to complete law enforcement training.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you want to carry a gun in Jersey, instead of applying for firearms, I I mean, uh, for carry permit, just become a cop. It's easier. It really is easier for you to become a police officer than get a concealed carry permit in New Jersey. So become an auxiliary officer and hopefully they allow you to carry a firearm even when you're off duty. Welcome to a state where people sit on their took us and do nothing. This is what happens in those places. Unless you want to become like New Jersey, get busy fighting. You can't do it on your own. You can't take all the days off. You can't testify every time. So you're going to have to depend on Second Amendment groups in your area and even the NRA to help fight that fight. You're just gonna have to, you're not gonna be able to, be able to do it on your own. Some of the uh, gun rights organizations aren't in your state. Some of the large ones, everybody keeps going, hey, go here, go there. Well, they might not be fighting in your state because the NRA is the 800 pound gorilla and they have messed up badly. Their public image is trash, but they still have 5 million members. And you're not going to change the NRA from the outside by posting memes on social media. Uh, Wayne LaPierre really doesn't care about you. So you have to work from the inside to get rid of people like him. You know you can contact...
1: unless you're a hot intern. Unless you're what? Unless you're a hot intern. Then he might care about you.
0: Oh, yeah, maybe. Why, is there another rumor about him or something?
1: No, I'm just going to leave it at that.
0: Okay, I have no clue. I don't pay attention at this point. You know you can contact board members as a member of the NRA. Yeah, you can contact them directly and tell them to to stop screwing around. I mean, I have a few phone numbers, but the guys whom I know already know this, (laughs) and they're telling us, to change it from the inside and put in work. So that's what you're going to have to do. All right. That's the legislation. I mean, it stinks because I couldn't find. I think we we, uh, went through that last week with Indiana. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Indiana dropped all the fees on their carry permit paperwork, which is awesome.
1: That that was last week. So we don't get to recycle the good news from last week.
0: Yes, we do. Sorry.
1: <laughs> we got all the good news last week. Now it's bad news this week.
0: No, nope, my with show. It. Deal my with show. It. step up and fight. My uh, yeah, right? Step up and fight. You had nothing to do with Indiana <laughs> if, anyway.
1: If you want <laughs> if you want more good news on this segment, go out and earn some.
0: <laughs> nice. I like that even better. Ha ha. All right. We're gonna come back with holy what where, what where, where, where did I go? Oh yeah. Mad Minute. See you in a minute. Giggity. Welcome back, episode 64, The pores. We're going into the Mad Minute, and this one is about (laughs) gun owners that think the inexpensive product is just as good as the expensive product, no matter what it is.
1: On this week's episode, Tony rages on himself.
0: (laughs) 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 No, I don't. I've never said stuff was just as good. I said it'll do.
1: (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) Yes, I do. Maybe not. I don't know. Go ahead. (laughs) Well,
0: whatever. Well, it depends on the product. But guess what? Some stuff isn't just as good. It doesn't, everything is not just as good. Like, I'll name names because I think, you know, Vortex quality optic. I think Holosun is a quality optic, but it's not on the level as an aim point, it's not on the same level but it's good (laughs) but there are better but I don't think when it comes to the better that price difference is worth it sometimes like what percentage better is a hollow sun than an aim point
2: Mm -hmm.
0: like uh, the 250 to 300 what is it the, uh, the titanium elite series okay I can get that Or I can drop 700 bones on a T1. No. (laughs) Because I'm not going to utilize that difference. But sometimes when it comes to firearms, you got to give it up. Just as good is not the same. There's a reason. It's not. It may work for the purpose you want it to work for. And is good enough for you right now. But it's not just as good. There's better quality stuff out there. Some stuff I can't afford. Some stuff companies give to me and I go, holy crud, this is much better than the other thing. But then when it comes to the price, you go, whoa, pump the brakes. I'm not going to pay four times as much. You know what I mean? It's just like that. So, no, some stuff is not just as good. It's good enough for now or it's good enough for my purposes. But everything is not that. So my mad minute is like, stop, guys. To stop. There's, there's good. There's good enough, and there's like high end stuff that is above where I'm ever going to shoot at or ever going to use, and I don't really need it. But I know that my stuff that I use is not on that level. There's a difference. That's all. I'm not saying it's bad or worse. Actually, I am. I'm saying it's not as good. Oh my
1: god, I am so confused. I feel what? like you. Just- this what segment happened? has just turned into people don't think it be how it is, but it do.
0: Yeah, there you go. I can't say it clearer than that. Yeah, I was. What happened? What happened was, oh, I, was I was listening to some a podcast on the way to St. Louis, mm-hmm. and everything the guys were talking about, and, and, and the guy I was rolling. What he was telling me, yeah, everything these guys say is like Taurus is just as good as Glock. And, and, yeah. and, and i'm like what and and they were like yeah canic is just as good as a glock or this is just as good as a glock um and everything was like and i'm like no it's not it, it will do they're not pieces of crap but taurus has horrible qc and they get in and then to get back with you to fix something they're even worse It's not as good as a glock um I'm like, yes, you can buy it. I'm not poo pooing on not being able to afford stuff or even not being able to willing to spend, you know, $590 or however much on a Glock Gen 5 when you can pick up something else, even a Canic for less money. But it's not the same. It doesn't have the same aftermarket. It hasn't been adopted by militaries all across the world. I'm like, there's a significant difference in them. Sun is not being used, as far as I know, by militaries. In, well, maybe some somewhere, but I'm just saying it's not here. It's not in most European countries that I know of. But they use Aimpoint because it's tough and it lasts. Like in a combat situation. Well, I'm not in a combat situation. I'm living here in America all fat and happy. And my gun travels to the range in a bag. So it comes close to nowhere near the abuse and use that a military issue thing does so no your thing is not just as good it works for you but it's not just as good did that clear up some of the mud do you think my conversation had in it
1: almost definitely kind of
0: <laughs> shut up <laughs> <laughs> well where am I confusing you princess it's it's just
1: kind of all over the place It you know because okay. I feel like we hit people so often with, here's the budget item, right? Yep. Um, and this is what it's good for. And I think that's really where we need to, to draw those lines a little bit better. In this price range, this is where money is well spent. In this price range, which is different than the first one, this is where money is well spent. This is where money is wasted. Right. I, and I think we can do a better job of, of pinning that down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I well, and and go back a couple episodes when we started talking about strip blowers. Right. And you were like, mm-hmm. you know, strip blowers are strip lower. And I went, yeah. And you uh-huh. went, OK, smart guy. Tell us about it then. And I went, well, here's what you get. That's different. Right. And it, there is a considerable difference there. Mm-hmm. And I think that carries true for a lot of things. In some cases, I think you're paying for name brand. Mm-hmm. And you're not necessarily getting anything other than a logo. True. Right? Yeah. But uh, that's your decision to make.
0: Yeah. Oh, it is your decision to make. Uh, but uh, <laughs> And it was hilarious because it was a 20-hour road trip. So for for two hours, I'm listening to that, and no one ever says, you know, instead of buying your fifth Taurus, why don't you just pick up, you know, a Glock, even a used one, and you might see the difference in the aftermarket and everything else. And I'm not saying, again, it's not good enough, but you're just espousing the, I bought an inexpensive gun, and then I bought another inexpensive gun, and then I bought another inexpensive gun and I'm listening to them talk about how they had to send one back because it stopped working or you, you know, it, it just becomes the dead gun in the safe. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, what? Okay. Okay. Because, you know, I mean, it's not as if everyone who listens to the show doesn't know I buy surplus handguns, but guess what? They work. My surplus handguns are CZs and Glocks, <laughs> you know, I'm not buying, I had never even heard of a surplus Taurus, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) It's like, no, I I buy surplus. I buy police trade-in. I just don't know. I also buy PSA, but we discussed that, too. Mm -hmm. As long as you leave it stock, I'm not seeing much wrong with it. I haven't switched out anything, including handguards, because of your experience with it. Right. I'm like, mm-mm, not and doing along it. the same
1: lines, that's also not the class that you ran what 900 rounds through with no. pasta.
0: Nope, had it though, had and it, in it case. well,
1: right? Had it just in case, but at the same time, that rifle that you built for what 600 bucks probably <sighs> does not compare to the Mod Mad Ace,
0: no. <laughs> that it won't even say it and and joe and i'd been talking about this for a while and that's why i ran the mod mad mm-hmm. because uh he was like hey check it out talk about it whatever and i was like great I appreciate it um yeah i i wish i could have you know ran this this palmetto state on rebuild just to see where it crapped the bed or if it even crapped a bit but hey <laughs> The Ace is a much cooler gun. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is, and um, I mean, it shares some parts. I think the, oh, the only part it shares it was the trigger. But I mean, it had the same trigger. I used the same mags. That's about it. Though. <laughs> That's about it, though. But yeah, I want, I'd, 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 like to try that just to see what happens. And it's not the same shooting a thousand rounds through the rifle during rain sessions or even classes, right? It's just not the same. But anyway, Mad Minute was just about it's, it's fine. It doesn't have to be the same as something more expensive, and most things aren't. There's a difference. There's a difference between good enough and just as good. All right. That's it. You got anything else to say about this or more clarification to make? Because I think you're right. Um, yeah, the way we talk about it, it's is the way we did the, uh, what'd you call it? What's the class? The home hardening class. When I went mm-hmm. in levels, this is the money you spend for this, and this is what you get. And I went uh, level by level expense as it got more expensive. Right. Um, and I
1: think, and you know, we, we've broken other things down when we talk about knives. I've, I've brought up repeatedly, like, if you're buying a Gerber, that $65 mm-hmm. price point changes the quality of the knife you get dramatically. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And I think just just doing stuff like that. I'm not saying not to buy a $30 Gerber. If that's what you're in the market for, go for it. It's a decent (laughs) knife. But understand, you're going to get more bang for your buck once you break that $65 price point.
0: I like the way you said that, too. If you're in the market for a $35 Gerber, if you're in the market for a $200 handgun, if you're in the market for a $400 or $500 AR, this is what you're going to get there. It's not if that's all you can afford. No, that's not about that. Maybe somebody goes, yeah, I'm not going to spend more than $600 on the AR-15 because I can get some name brand AR-15s for $600. Right. Well, he's poor. No, he just made a conscious decision. That's the money he's going to spend. All right. We're going to come back with Gear whore. We'll talk to you in a few.
1: Get now a word from our sponsors.
0: Exactly. Zachary. Kniferights.org. Kniferights is a new sponsor of the Second is for Everyone podcast. I was introduced to them by Anthony Calandro, owner of Gun for Higher Range, host of Gun for Higher Radio, and NRA board member. Anthony introduced us at the 2019 annual meeting, and that's where I learned that Knife Rights is a second amendment rights group that fights bad knife laws around the country. Currently, they're fighting New York City's unfair law on gravity knives. Um, they have over 30 pro knife bills that have been enacted in 21 states, and they have stopped eight anti knife bills in six states. Visit kniferights.org. Check out the Ultimate Steel Spectacular. You can get your membership and chance to win over $150,000 in prizes. Visit kniferights.org to learn more. Welcome back to episode 64 of the Second Is For Everyone podcast. We're going to go into gear whore. We're going to go into gear whore. Yeah, man, that didn't run together. You know what Anchor had the audacity to do today? <laughs> No (laughs) boys. They sent me an email asking me about my Anchor recording experience, and they were just, you know, a bunch of options. Do you use your phone? Do you use a headset? If you have any problems with Anchor, let us know. I'm like, (laughs) I straight (laughs) up pulled a
1: Karen, and I'd like to speak to the manager.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I pulled a, I pulled a bullwinkle. Let me button up my sleeve. And Dude, I just went off. <laughs> I I tried to do it so I didn't sound like someone that was, that was stark raving mad, but yeah, uh, I gave the what for and the who's he what's it's. So I'll tell you right <laughs> now, buddy. <laughs>
1: Here to too forthwith and otherwise stated.
0: There you go. I played the fifth. So, um... <laughs> okay. This is another what happened was, and this is why you got to get horror on the K-Bar dozier, the Dozer folder. Going out to Indy, I cleaned out my bag so I could pack stuff into it and realized that I pretty much left all my knives at home except the K-Bar the knife rights gave me that I was doing photos with. Good job. Yeah, yeah. So my, uh, (laughs) my Kershaw was home. My Crudo was home. My five eleven boot knife was home, or whatever you call that thing. It's like I got a two inch old. Half your Kershaw, blade.
1: your Crudo, your car. Why do all your knives start with K?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I don't even carry a car around with me, because um, <laughs> I'd want to keep it. But uh, it's like okay, so I I had to use it. So I'll go ahead and talk about the card dozer, the K bar dozer. It's got a three inch blade. It's made of OS. Awesome 8A steel. Look that up if you really want to get a headache and figure out the different tool steels. I mean the knife steels. But this is a decent one because a lot of companies use it. I know um cold steel uses it and almost every company uses aussie at this
1: point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Met thing- was one of the first ones to jump on that. And it's <laughs> it's got a good degree of carbon content. Rockwell hardness, what fifty-five, fifty-six, somewhere in there. Uh too nerdy go ahead
0: no 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 their rockwell hardness is all i'm thinking about didn't he do a song with michael jackson anyway and it weighs (laughs) two and a half ounces dude if more than you and i got that it's hilarious
2: i always feel like somebody's Somebody's watching me
0: (laughs) two and a half ounces with a pocket clip and um, it's sharp right out of the box. It's one of those lockbacks. So you push in the back like the old school knife, like uh, sort of like the Buck 110 that your granddad had. Same thing. It has, I don't think it has metal liners. All I'm seeing is plastic in here. Mm-hmm. But it's a very lightweight knife. Uh, I, I can tell you right now, though, the finishing comes right off with pocket wear, like immediately. Um, so, yeah, it's got little shiny spots on it there where it didn't have it like a week ago. I also think the pocket clip is reversible, depending on your pocket. So I guess you can left-hand or right-hand it. And uh, I'm wondering, is it, yep, and you can even move the, uh, what do you call that little thumb, the thumb stud? You can move the st- thumb stud from one side to the next, depending on your hand the knife runs between 18 and 20 something dollars. If you get them on Amazon or buy them in the store, the reason I asked for something like this and they gave it to us was because of that price point, because every gun person isn't a knife person. Everyone that supports the diversity shoot doesn't necessarily want or would appreciate a 80, 90 or a hundred dollar knife. So I wanted a solid performer, which this seems to be, I haven't broken it yet and we know I break everything. Um, all the screws are tight, unlike some of the M-Tech knives that I would get, the really cheap knives that I just wanted to test out, and maybe I like the design. And for about 20 bucks, I think this is totally solid. And even if you're a new knife person or just getting into knives for the first time, you can get something like this and have a sharp, solid, out-of-the-knife box, out-of-the-box knife that doesn't have a really long blade. It doesn't look menacing. It doesn't look like a gas station commando knife. And you can practice almost all your knife stuff. You could strip off the finish and practice. um, What do you do when you put in the apple cider vinegar, like soak it in something like that and darken the blade yourself? I forgot what you call that, but I've watched a couple of videos with people doing it.
1: Jeez, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. Like you get a stain. Anyway, I won't even go into that. It's a solid knife choice, but you know, it's, it's a working knife. It's a pocket knife. It's nothing that you're going to pass down to your grandkid who go, Oh, my granddad gave me this made in Taiwan plastic knife, but it really does have a good pocket clip on it. Sucker is really stiff, man. (laughs) The knife will not come off your pocket easy, at least not after a week of wear. And with me, um, I wear stuff like dog ears, so it's like a week with me is like a year with someone else. But yeah, that's what I'm doing the gear whore on. It's this dozer from K-Bar. Solid buy. Oh, and it also has a lanyard hole in it too. So you can tie a little paracord around like I see some people doing for some reason.
1: Ooh. Mm-hmm. There's one that comes in stainless with a blue handle. It's very nice looking.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. you looking them up on Amazon?
1: No, I'm looking them up at uh, my wholesale supplier. <laughs> Please don't buy from Amazon.
0: Okay, calm down, buddy.
1: Those packages are
0: all for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Sure, I believe you. You've, you yeah, I like, it.
1: I like Boy. the drop point on these. I like that blade shape. I think that's one. Aesthetically attractive and two, pretty strong. It's a good working shape. It's not terribly difficult to resharpen.
0: And this is one of those knives that can go in. Uh, remember uh, a while ago, it was like an Altoids kit, survival kit oh, kind God, of thing. Yeah. Oh, those are such bad ideas. And I said that from the beginning. But for a spare knife, backup <laughs> knife, or a knife that goes into something like that, is cool. Yeah, I'm like, oh, so you're down to an Altoids 10 worth of survival gear.
1: Tony, th- th- see, I actually have a memory that goes back further than that. Oh, you really? Were all about the stupid Altoids 10. Really? You wanted me to make and sell Altoids 10
0: survival kits. And I was it's like, not- no way, dude. It probably would have worked, too. I was probably right. <laughs> I was probably right. You would have made a butt ton of money on that. But Damn, no, you didn't listen to me.
1: I might have, I might have, and I'd be known as a scumbag throughout the universe,
0: and it' stopped cheaper than dirt. how
1: hey, listen
0: <laughs> um,
1: my soul comes at a slightly higher price,
0: okay, I mean, hey, listen, man, you want to go ahead and be that guy, but let me tell you how I thought Elto did twelve years ago, <laughs> yeah, Tony, I don't remember it that. Lies, lies, lies. I'm not going to listen to you tell lies like that. (laughs) Truthfully, I had no idea. I just remember when I realized that's a stupid idea. (laughs) Right. It was right after you were like, you should do
1: this. And I was like, no way. And here's why. And you were like, yeah, that's dumb. Oh, really? That's how
0: that conversation? (laughs) I swear to God. (laughs) You have me at a disadvantage because I have no memory. Now. (laughs) So I find... That I'm, I'm, I'm deeply embarrassed by this conversation. Not because of what I did. I'm just embarrassed for you because you exploited my disability. Like, <laughs> shame. For shame. Yes, for shame. <laughs> Ring the bell of shame. Bell of shame is rung. How dare you <laughs> exploit my disability and not having a memory. Uh, but Really good spare knife that doesn't take up a lot of room. So you'd have a cutting tool. Especially for go bag or something like that. What do you think about that, Sean?
1: Yeah, I think where, you know, an inexpensive knife like this is great is as a secondary, you know, you've got your, your EDC knife that you're carrying every day that, you know, you want to show to your friends and all that. You probably spend a little more money than you should have, whatever. This is great for... I need an extra knife in this bag. I need a knife in a toolbox. I need a knife in the glove box of the car or in a car kit. You know what I mean? Just to make sure I've got an extra cutting tool there. It's not going to get that everyday high mileage use. It's going to be fine. Does not have to be a $150 knife in each one of those kits. The other thing is because these are only 20 bucks, you can buy five of them without breaking uh, a, a huge budget. You know what I mean? A hundred bucks.
0: Get a hundred bucks at a shot or just pick them up and, and just every now and again, you pick one up and that yeah. goes in this kit that goes in the glove box in the car and this kit um, just for stuff, man. Uh, that's what gets me because I bought a bunch of cheap knives and they're still around, but I have knives for use of stuff. I can cut stuff, <laughs> at least with some of them. <laughs> some won't cut anything. Alright, that was Gear Horror. We were talking about the K-Bar Dozer. Uh, we're going to come back with Training Concepts. Whoa! We're back. That was fast. Episode 64. <laughs> training Concepts.
1: Hey, uh, uh, uh. anyway. man. Yeah. I threw a boomerang six years ago, and it never came back, and now I live in constant fear.
0: (laughs) What are you telling Stephen Wright jokes for? That seriously sounds like a Stephen Wright joke. It does, doesn't it? (laughs) uh, Training concepts. Okay, I'll I'll go ahead and admit some things I can remember, and this is one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Slow is smooth, and smooth is fast. Oh, God. Oh, I remember saying this as a trainer. I remember saying it to people. And I don't remember the trainer I heard. But dude was like, stop. Slow is slow. Efficient is fast. And I'm like, you know what? I need to stop saying slow is smooth. <laughs> um, <laughs> just stop.
1: Do you, do you want me to tell you the instructor's name? Or should I save that for after the show?
0: Nope. It's somebody I heard that wasn't you. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was not you because I don't know you guys. So quit following me around on podcast.
1: (laughs) It's the extrapolation, right? A plus B, right? If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. So if you're saying slow is smooth and smooth is fast, then you're saying slow is fast. And those literally mean opposites.
0: It sounds familiar. Anyway, (laughs) the way we train people is is step by step, right? That crawl, walk, run thing. It's a process. Mm -hmm. And, And the more you do that process, the more you do the basics, the more you use the stepping stones, the quicker and more efficient you will become in doing that. We'll just go right back into the training comp session and pretend I didn't take Anchor off by sending him that email early today. <laughs> Dear Anchor, when you go bad, we usually expect the show to stop at least four times during a podcast, maybe more. But when you're good, you're really good. Yeah, they were like mm, Tony, unplug. <laughs> <laughs> could,
1: could you go back to being really good like you were? The first six months and then yeah. not so much anymore. Yeah.
0: I was actually looking at my numbers and our numbers did drop in half when they had their technicalities between November and December. And we're mm-hmm. just getting back now. That's how ridiculous that was.
1: All right. Let's refocus and get yeah. back in it.
0: Yeah. Yes, back in it. All right, dude. Uh, tell us about, you know, how you train people to go from slow to fast.
1: Um, I've got this this great technique called repetition. <laughs> that's it. That's the whole thing. You got to put in the work. There's no shortcut to building up speed, um, and you have to do it well for a long time before I bother trying to do anything fast. Uh, that's that's just kind of the way I do it. And I'll be honest, I'm not particularly fast. I'm not a, a a quick shooter i'm not i was never like even in martial arts i was never the fastest one in the room that's just not who i am um so i rely very heavily on clean technique so when we talk about efficiency is going to build speed that's really my mantra there is we're going to remove all those extraneous bobbles we're going to remove you know trying to find the sight picture we're going to we're going to get that cleaned up in a way that it it happens without a bunch of extraneous movement and distraction, and that's where where you're going to shave time.
0: Yeah, I'm doing the punch out right now. (laughs) Punch out, sights line up with the eye. You don't go looking for it, and you put it on target. But I, I, I just keep seeing that a lot, especially when people get caught up in the speed draw first shot thing. I mean, it's something to work on but really when you compare that you hear the beep and then you draw out of your holster as fast as possible punch out and shoot the target that's a good skill to have but it's not paramount you know it's really good though being able to hit the target the first time you pull the trigger your draw stroke probably won't fit in the most self defense scenarios for the most part you want to be faster you want to be you want to be accurate but it's like People get caught up in these numbers. Who's uh
1: whose quote is it? The the one that says he can't miss fast enough to win?
0: Uh, I don't know. It's either the colonel or um dang, Clint Smith, maybe? I don't know. There's no curse yeah. word in it, so it might not be Clint Smith. <laughs>
1: I I can't remember who it's from, but that's when I come back to when when I've got students that are trying to go faster, 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 and their target just suddenly starts looking like it was shot with a shotgun instead of a precision instrument. I go, yeah, just just stop trying to do fast because you cannot miss fast enough to win. You have to refocus, right? Good, clean technique beats everything else.
0: And developing that you yeah. continually developing that. Okay, so your draw time is still a little slower than the 1.5 seconds people talk about all the time. You have a two and a half second draw time. But every time you do, you hit exactly on the target where you need to hit. All right, let's speed it up a little bit until you start missing that and then just work on that speed and work from that point. You know what I mean? Just just don't get caught up in that number thing because that might not be something you ever need. Um, I didn't talk about this, and I'll probably talk about this during the shout-outs. Um, I've talked to you about it, though, right, Sean? The guy that I went to attend the class with us down with uh, Kevin Dixie in St. Louis, and then he had to actually use his firearm to defend himself? No. Oh, wow, really? No. <laughs> mm.
1: Yeah. You discussed it on the other podcast, but I haven't heard it yet and we haven't had a chance to discuss it with everything else going on this week.
0: All right. So I'll go ahead and talk partially about it. Where are we at? The gun culture, right?
1: Yeah, we're we're wrapping up no, training, training concepts concept. and jumping into right. gun culture, I guess, but
0: Yeah, it's not gonna be part of gun culture, but we're gonna talk about gear and stuff in gun culture. It's your show. Do your thing. All right. I just wanna bring it up. Mike um met him in Indy at NRA. We got together, a few friends of his, all of them rolled together in Indy, ran into them like near the SIG booth or excuse me, whatever, and ran into them and we had a conversation and it ends up they were going to the Kevin Dixie training event over Memorial Day weekend. So we were like cool, we took pictures, we tagged each other in photos, and we said we'll see you then. So of course it was a three day training event, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Hung out with them. Um the guy did a lot of shooting, a lot of shooting uh, under the tutelage of Kevin Dixie, Ken from Provectus Group, uh, the trainers um, that were there, and it was just a fun event, and he said he fired about 1,000 to 2,000 rounds over the weekend through various handguns and rifles. 11 o'clock at night, Sunday, jumps in his vehicle, drives from St. Louis to Chicago, Picks up his son in Chicago, him and his friend, one of the guys that came down with him, in the car with his five-year-old. He's going to go see his girlfriend. Parks a vehicle, gets out. The girlfriend's entrance to her building is at the end of an alley. I have no idea how it's set up, but that's how you get into her building by walking through this alley. He has his five-year-old son holding his hand. He goes to throw some paper in a garbage can, and there's a guy sitting there and makes eye contact with him and starts cursing him out, calling him all kinds of names, racial slurs, and he's like, what is up with this nut bar? And the guy has a gun in his hand, the guy who's yelling at him. oh man, It's not not pointing at him, but the guy is yelling and screaming like he's nuts with a gun in his hand. So, of course, Mike steps back with his son, pulls his son behind him, and kind of tries to step off. Mike said, um... Guy all of a sudden starts shooting at him, raises his gun and starts shooting at him. Well, if you wanted to really pick the wrong dude <laughs> to get into a gunfight with, it's the guy that just spent three days <laughs> doing drills. So Mike shot him. Guy drops. Mike has to run off, take his son uh, to the vehicle where his friend was. The vehicle was 15 feet away and his boy did not see what was happening because of the way everything was set up.
1: Thank God.
0: Oh no! I don't mean, his I mean, his friend didn't see what happened. His son was standing oh. beside him. His five year old like
1: that's what I'm saying. Like he got between him and, and the five year old, and hopefully, like obviously, the five year old is going to hear everything, but yeah, hopefully, he doesn't is. see the the blood and guts of what goes on.
0: Yeah. So anyway, Mike runs his kid back. Um, of course, searching him over for wounds he has done. His friend takes over from there, and you know, puts the kid in the back, covers him up, and they call nine one one police come. this dirt bag was um gangbanger long criminal history and was making like facebook social media posts about how he was going to shoot up every gang in the neighborhood or some stupid crap he was just issuing threats over the internet live oh boy so, or, yeah yeah so everything is right there on social media posting live so the cops were able to see it and mike was questioned and then released but still that 1.5.5 draw he was already being shot at getting gun out putting rounds on target was paramount whenever you can do it do it do it as quickly and as efficiently as possible but the thing to stop the fight was putting the rounds where it needed to go to turn off the machine nra got the story wrong nra said a concealed weapons carry holder was robbed at gunpoint and he ended up shooting the guy that was not the story what i just told you was a story if you want to hear it you can listen to we like shooting they actually did an interview with him um But it's about putting rounds where they need to go efficiently and effectively because that's what Mike said he knew would stop the fight. Just throwing rounds down range was not going to stop this guy from shooting at him and his five-year-old. Putting the rounds where it turned the guy off did stop the guy from shooting at his five-year-old. Him nor his son got hit. And uh, the bad guy was on life support for two or three days, but he was brain dead and uh, he's gone now. Uh, they took him off the machine. Of course, he passed. But it was life or death for no reason whatsoever. And who thinks they're going to get into a shootout less than 16 hours after taking a three-day class? That's why it's important to practice dry fire to get competent professional instruction because he'd never had a professional class before. This was his first one. Wow. Yeah. And he, of course, credits the weekend of training with actually saving him and his son's life. I also told this story on, um, what's the name of the show? Self-defense gun stories. Um, Because that, through nothing of my own, I don't pick those stories. The host Rob does. And the first story ended up being this story. But he had the incorrect story from NRA. And I shot him a text going hey Rob this story is wrong this is how I know it's wrong because I know who it is want to really talk about this on the show he was like heck yeah so we did and I sent him the link to the interview and everything else decent dude young guy just had to save his kid's life how ridiculous is that I mean his life too but all he was thinking about was his son as any father would do
1: yeah I'll be yeah. honest with you, that's, that's one of my worst nightmares.
0: You know, uh-huh. like it's I love always- doing stuff with the
1: boys, but man, if it ever comes to that, that's just there's, there's no part of that that's good.
0: Yeah. So if you want to actually listen to a real decent human being tell a story from his perspective, check out the We Like Shooting uh, episode. Uh, WLS, I think, is We Like Shooting Live. It's a totally different channel when they just have stuff like this that happens quickly and they want to get it out instead of putting it on their regularly scheduled program. It's really worth listening to. It's like 52 minutes long. All right. So that's it. We're going to come right back with gun culture. High point firearms are a hot topic in the firearms community. Loyal owners of their product are rabbit. And the easiest way to get comments on your YouTube videos, online articles, or social media is to talk about a High Point. I've owned a High Point JCP-40 Smith & Wesson pistol for years. I believe High Point is the best new handgun value in its price range. High Point has sent me their 9mm carbines and they run like sewing machines with every ammunition I've tried in them. Well, except that bad batch of... Russian steel case ammo that didn't work with any gun I put them in. High Point Firearms are produced in America by people that give you a solid value for your money. Visit highpointfirearms.com. Tell them thank you for supporting the 2nd is for everyone diversity shoot and the 2nd is for everyone podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Gun culture. (laughs) We're in it. Episode 64. There Four. you go. That's what happens when you take your glasses off and can't read what you have in the show notes. <laughs> Episode 64, Les Miserables. The Pores. So it's funny because I'd written this and I didn't think I would go on so much with The Mad Minute. I don't know why, as, as if I don't listen to the show. um But pretty <laughs> much we've covered what I was talking about in The Mad Minute with Gun Cult. Uh cover what i was going to talk about in gun culture what we talked about in mad minute which is that you know as a tactically thrif- thrifty guy sometimes i get caught up in the just as good gear trap but mm-hmm. whatever um and then i was like the example i was going to use was that horrible trigger on the smith and westman sd9 that we saw up at cobra one oh geez uh, and i'm like yeah, no, that trigger is not as good as a Glock even though it's striker fired. It's like a Glock New York trigger. Actually, it Dude, was
1: It did uh, I I I just go if if Glock is the better trigger, how bad is it?
0: <laughs> mhm. Like I'm talking my Glock Gen 2 trigger is butter compared to that thing. I'm what? like, yeah, I like this is horrid. So um and that's what we were talking about. <clears throat> because i was using that specifically because i'm like dude for the price of this gun for the msrp of this gun i can buy used glock and then have replacement parts whenever i feel like it from a metric ton of companies i think i use a yeah, yeah. ton twice this year so i change that <laughs> but um yeah it's like yo why would you do this to yourself when because my brother he was talking about getting something and and again my brother's not a gun dude. I mean, I tried to drag him into that vortex as a kid, and he knows like way more guns than most people would because of me.
1: I'm proud to say I got my brother. It took years of dragging him, kicking and screaming,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: he is now woke AF when mm-hmm. it comes to the firearms thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, he's now carrying on a regular basis now that he lives down in Florida. Uh, <laughs> he's. I'm, I'm proud to say. My brother Jimmy is about that life.
0: So, oh yeah. Yeah, he tell
1: about I'm, I'm jumping ahead to the shout outs and just like.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, for, for my little brother. Change the format of my show to go ahead and give Jimmy a shout out. I don't care. It took long enough for him though. But I I, do what I want. Do what I want. You ain't my supervisor. So <laughs> um you're not know my real dad. <laughs> I'm leaving that alone.
2: <laughs> oh
0: inside jokes oh god <laughs> there's stuff I want to say but it'll only be funny to the two of us and maybe five other people that listen to this show that actually know us everyone else would be horrified
1: no I have a feeling I know where that's going and it's only going to be funny to one of us
0: You. <laughs> <laughs> So moving right along. Uh, (laughs) But that was one of the examples I was going to use was that Sigma Glock thing. And um, I'm like, okay, we beat it to death. We talked about different angles. So, I mean, actually, we can just talk about Terran Tactical Combat Master um, that I was able to shoot as part of gun culture and movie guns. And that thing. And yes, that Terran Tactical 2011 STI that he worked Mm -hmm. over for the John wick movie. Yeah. That's my new favorite movie gun. Um, (laughs) It is just, is it like a five and a half inch barrel, uh, 1911 style moved up trigger. Just everything about that gun was wow. Seriously. And everybody that shot it was like, wow. Um, from the trigger pull to even racking the slide, like two finger racking the slide, like, smith and wesson 380 easy easy to rack slide and it fires nine you know nine millimeter like a 21, 21 round magazine it is just off the chain as a range gun or a home defense gun or something like that but the price tag is redonkulous at 3800 dollars woo yeah i mean it's 3800 dollars well, you know, when
1: when you got Keanu Reeves shooting your guns in movies, you can charge those kinds of prices. Keanu, call me.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. But, you know, part of gun culture is a lot of us tripped into this whole thing because of movies. And you can be as jaded as you want. And some people are. You know, they got to be the cool kids, coolest kid in the room. I'm not impressed by that. <laughs> so, what? It's a $3,800 gun. What could be? I'm like, everything about it, from the sight picture to the cutouts to everything, has been perfected in that gun to run with 9 mil, you know, to run with that ammo. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I love they call it like a combat master when you know darn well that thing could not survive in combat because tolerances is all so tight and everything else.
1: No, it's a race gun, man
0: it's pretty much a race it's a race gun um but up until it chokes man it (laughs) shoots (laughs) pretty like nothing happened to the gun i haven't heard one person say it had one choke or one hiccup you know during the entire everybody shot at least two three magazines out of that gun and we had like 40 something people there and that was just back to back to back to back to back to back all day sunday until uh, until she left with the gun and everybody was much sadder. <laughs> but it was really cool to check it out and to get your hands on it. So, yeah, I don't care if you've been excited and you got into the gun culture because of a movie or video game or whatever. You're in the gun culture now.
1: And hey, let me ask you something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I know it's the, the John Wick gun. Have you seen the movie? Nope. Have you seen any of them? Because I know you're not like big on watching
0: I saw, the, I saw the first one. Did you? Yeah, I was going to look at the second one, but they wanted like, you know, like $9 for it on Netflix. I'm like, well, the new one will be out soon. <laughs> <doing>. Why <laughs> won't this be free? I don't understand. You want me to get excited about this movie or not? Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's their fault I didn't watch it because they wanted $8.99. I'm not doing that. But, uh, they don't know who they' talking to. Listen, my life will go on without ever seeing John Wick.
1: Just listen say. for for two ninety nine. You can rent another excellent uh, firearm related film starring John Wayne. It's called McHugh. Nice. And that was the movie that introduced the Mac ten.
0: Yep. <laughs> it is. It, it's the first Hollywood movie with the Mac ten in it. Later to be used by Chuck Norris in Invasion USA (laughs) in in, in a double shoulder rig while riding a dirt bike with rockets on it, I think. (laughs) So it makes no difference how you got into the gun culture. Welcome to the gun culture. Sean, you got anything to say about like the John Wick movies or the other stuff that got you into this? Or
1: no, Uh, like I don't know. I've I've seen more of Keanu Reeves training Mm -hmm. than I have any of the John Wick movies, and I'm sure somebody's gonna we'll get listener feedback on that that it's blasphemous or heresy. I'm not sure which, but I yeah I haven't seen any of the movies.
0: Oh, yeah. And about feedback. Hey, let's talk about that uh, shout outs. Yep. Think I'll finish this up with, hey, gun culture's fun. It it covers a wide variety of stuff. Don't poo-poo anyone for how they got into the gun culture because it makes no difference. These guys are your allies in the fight for our rights. All right. We're going to come back with the shout-outs. Episode 64, The pores. We're into the shout-outs. Yes, the shout-out is going to Mike, who defended himself and his five-year-old son in Chicago right after finishing the NOC training and train and learn event in St. Louis with us. Man, you did a great job. You protected your son. You protected yourself. I know you felt no glory over having to take someone's life. Actually, he ran back and tried to get his medical bag out of the trunk until he realized it was a rental and he didn't have his med bag with him to render first aid to the guy who just tried to kill him and his son. He's a good dude. And yeah. shout out! Shout out! This week goes to him for keeping it together, for handling handling the police in a professional manner, even though you had to have the adrenaline dump of adrenaline dumps going through your system, and you still kept it together, man. You're a straight up good dude. And this week shout out goes to you. Uh, um. And uh, I want to say something to our guys who give feedback. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. If you haven't done so, please do so. Just because it's pretty cool and gives me something to talk about on the show. (laughs) I know it (laughs) does something with the iTunes ratings. I really don't know how that works. And since I'm such a small show, I mean, you know, Joe Rogan gets 500 listener emails and reviews. I'm not that dude. So, yeah, I'd really appreciate some of the stuff you give me. And is, if it doesn't suck too badly and it's not written in totally broken sentences, I'll actually read it on air.
1: And I know there's a lot of people that, like disagree with some of the things we say. Feel free to send that in and listen to your feedback, right? If, if you want to make a coherent argument counterpoint to something we've said on the show, feel free to do that. You know, we'll read that on air, too.
0: Yeah. And you can reach me at Tony at diversity From right there, man. Mm -hmm. Um, Go ahead and reach out for me. So that's shout outs. Um, I I do have to apologize to the winner of the K bar. Um, I haven't mailed that particular one out to you because I was out of state for a really long time. I mean, for over the four day weekend, I came back and had a lot of stuff to do. I'm getting on that this weekend. So I apologize, but your knife is coming to you. Now, coming up, things we're doing, by the time you hear this, the Minuteman Challenge will alway, already be in the rearview mirror. But it's going to be Sunday at Fort Dix. You should have signed up for it if you want to be a cool kid and you live in New Jersey. If you didn't, you missed it. Sucks to be you. Make the next one. <laughs> um, the diversity shoot. Season pass is still
1: available, right, all got. the way up through that first event. Uh, if, if you make it to the first one and you want to grab a season pass, can still do that
0: or you can buy a season pass now even if you can't make the first one but you know you'll have the rest of them that you can make it to just saying Mm -hmm. no reason to miss out it's a fun event um diversity shoot will be taking place friday june 14th hope to see some of you guys there you will be hearing this before then i hope to see you guys come out really love seeing new faces, love seeing, you know, everybody that's already been there. We're going to have some cool guns. I already told you I'm bringing this bullpup chassis for the high point carbine. Um, I have no idea what else I'm bringing. I might bring out the rob rifle again. And, uh, we just want to have you guys come out, have some fun, like-minded people in a safe environment. And even if they aren't like-minded and you want to talk about firearms and firearm laws and stuff, we can do that too. So, June 14th, 6 p.m., Gun for Hire Range in Woodland Park, New Jersey. Come out. We welcome you. So that's that. That's that. Also, what I'd like you to do is if you want to purchase something and donate it to the Second is for Everyone Diversity shoot, you can do so by going to blackbagresources.com, purchasing the item and typing in 2A4E in the coupon code. Right, y'all? And that item will be brought to the diversity shoot so we can raffle it or give it away to somebody there. Thank you very much for all the guys that did that. It's really cool because Sean shows up with a little bag and goes, hey, this is from so-and-so and and this is from so-and-so. And and we announce it in front of the room and we give your stuff away. Thanks. I appreciate it, all of you. If you want to buy a t-shirt, clothing.us. And I'm only angry about that because I'm too fat to fit anything in 5.11. So I was like, what's double that? (laughs) We'll do that. So 10.22 clothing is twice as big as 5.11. We have shirts from small to 6X. Understand my rifle rifle shirt, still $10. I don't get paid on it. I keep the price low so you can buy a few of them and go to rallies and be seen all of your friends have the same colors. Cause we notice that's what mom demands does. And it makes it look like there are a lot more of them than there really are. Again, yeah, the, the bu-
1: rally shirt, not the raffle shirt.
0: Oh, the rally shirt. I'm sorry.
1: Rally shirt. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So pick that up and uh, hook you and your boys up and go to a protest this year for your second amendment rights. If you want to donate to our cause, Oh, yeah, guys, by the way, the reason I need you to donate to GoFundMe and 2A4E, you know, go to GoFundMe, type in 2A4E, is because I got invited as a speaker to the Gun Right Policy Conference in Phoenix, Arizona this year in September. So I need you guys' help to raise funds to help get me to Phoenix. I'd really appreciate it. Sean and I have been talking about stuff, and uh, we're trying to figure out how to give these brand new 2A4E patches to you, and I think that would be a good way to fund my trip to the Gun Rights Policy Conference. We'll figure out specifics and tell you in the next show how you can help me get to Phoenix. And last but not least, if you want to be a patron... In our Patreon program, type in 2A4E Podcast in Patreon.com and it will take you to our page where you can get really cool stuff by just supporting us for as little as five dollars a month. You can even give less than that, but five dollars a month to start getting you qualified for stuff from Patriot Patch Company or knives or other stuff. And as the tiers go up, you can win even cooler stuff. So go to Patreon. .com, become a patron of the 2A4E podcast. All you guys out there, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you helping me grow this podcast and be able to pay for crazy things like going to Phoenix. Because <laughs> it's hot. It's just going to be. So that's how to get in contact with us and help us fund the crazy work that we're doing. Sean, you got anything else going on you want to tell us about? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I made the anchor gods mad. They've been kicking us off all night long. We're both tired of this. It's midnight. I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty much it. done. Huh? Hey,
1: Tony, guess what? What? Bye Felicia.
2: <laughs> Yay!